Hi everyone, I'm Sinhara and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. This show is for all women who are dealing with infertility, but is specifically dedicated to black women because we have a problem with opening up when it comes to this issue. And I don't want to leave out the men, you guys are welcome here too. On today's episode, I'm going to be speaking with actress, director, and all-around beautiful soul, Velika Jessica, about IVF, marriage, male factor infertility, and moving on. Her story, his story, and maybe it's not you. So I am so excited to have this next guest on, Valika. We have been trying to connect to do this podcast for so long, yeah. and I think you guys are going to be really, really excited just listening to her, listening to her story, because she has so much to share. And not just that, I think her story is just so powerful. And sometimes, you know, we plan things, we have things in our mind about how it's going to work, and there's a pivot that takes place. And it's all about how you recover from those different pivots that you have to make. And I mean, she's just out here killing it right now. So uh, welcome, Balika. How are you? I'm fabulous, Soror. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm beautiful. I, You know what? I'm grateful. Yes. I'm just, and whenever it where I am in my life now, it's just, I'm truly grateful for every second. Life is beautiful and I'm just mm-hmm. grateful. I'm grateful. And so tell them a little bit about yourself. I mean, I know all that you do in the entertainment industry and in theater, but tell them a little bit about who you are, what you do. <laughs> you know, that, that question, every, like I, that, that question is so interesting. It's like, who? Are you? <laughs> like, now, girl, you know I knew about ten books. <laughs> um, but you know what? I am a beautiful water goddess. So <laughs> in and out, I ebb in and out. I am gracious. I am loyal. I am righteous. I am light. I'm an actress. I'm a director. I'm a producer. I'm a professor. I create art every moment, every day of every second of my life. And I strategically put my life in place so that I could literally be in this position to create art every single day. I remember when I was not creating art every day, mm-hmm. not because I did not want to, but because I just, I had to waitress and I had to do things. I had things to do. And yeah, you know what I mean? And I also remember points in my life where I was depressed and I mm-hmm. didn't know how to create, you know? Yeah. I mean? so grateful to be in the part of my life where, you know, the fruits of my labor have actually put me in a position to be able to create every day. And I'm so grateful. And we're going to talk about all the projects you have going on in your, your main, uh, I wouldn't say your main project, but one of your biggest projects that's really, that relates to fertility. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Hmm. So Hold that conversation. Yeah, I'm holding it. <laughs> I'm like, water girl, I'm holding it. <laughs> Hold that conversation. But let's talk about you and your relationship and how coming into the process, you just knew and, you know, 
like you said in before, I'm a fertility magnet. This is not an issue. This is going to happen. This is going to be, you know, no big deal. So talk about that a little bit, your story and then his story. And then we can talk about the pivot. Honey, because it's a pivot, ain't it? Yeah, it's a pivot. <laughs> it's a pivot um, that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, Jason and I got married in 2000. We met, in two, we met February 20th, 2009. Mm-hmm. Got married February 20th, 2010. I was in grad school. Always knew I wanted to be a mama. You know, married a man who wanted children, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in my younger years, and when I say my younger years, when I was 20, <laughs> yeah, right, because I went to grad school, I think I was like 26 when I went to grad school, 26, mm-hmm. 27. Um, I had an, I've had two abortions, I had mm-hmm. one when I was like 20, and then like mm-hmm. one at like 24, yeah, like I think, you know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, I, I was, I, as much as I wanted children, I just did not, I don't know. I got, I came from a family where it was like, you have babies with a husband. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have babies with a husband and we can talk about how I feel about that in the book. Yeah. I was going to ask you to talk about that. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? I was, that's how, you know, I was, that's how I was reared. And so it was like, oh, we can't have, I can't have a baby. So we won't have a baby, you know? So. Um, never, never an issue. I mean, I, the queen been pregnant twice, you know? Yeah. So Jason and I started trying at, when I finished grad school. So I was 29 when I got out of grad school. Still young. Mm-hmm. You like eight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's make it happen. Okay. Let's make it happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> we getting it in and we getting it in and we getting it in and the queen isn't getting pregnant. Yeah. You know? And I was confused because I was like, I mean, I had sex about a condom before and got pregnant each time. So yeah. Like, like, what's going on? <laughs> what's the problem here? Yeah. Like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> yes, exactly. And the first thing I started doing, Sanhar, is blaming myself. Yeah. And I was going to ask you about that because I've heard women talk about that. Like, if they made past decisions to terminate a pregnancy, they felt like, oh, they were being punished now whether they felt like God was punishing them or, you know, whatever the situation was, did you ever feel that way? Having, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I absolutely felt like I was being punished um, because I did, I had the, the opportunity to breed life. Mm-hmm. I hate that word, but yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. the opportunity to give life mm-hmm. and took it for granted. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that's exactly how I felt. And how did you cope with that? How did you manage those emotions of like, you know, blaming yourself or rethinking, oh, should I have done that? or should I not have done that? How did you cope getting through that process? You know, I, that's when I first discovered Queen Afua. Mm, yes, um, yes. Her book, Sacred mm-hmm. Women. I don't know who bought, who who bought, who turned me on to that book. I don't remember. Yeah. But Jason and I, we were living in Los Angeles at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was spending a lot of time by myself. Jason yeah. was on the road touring. He was with Island Stone at the time. So they were mm-hmm. touring, European tour. So I was just home a lot, just rolling around the floor, screaming, crying. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I came across the book and I just started reading the book. 
And it was something about the book. I started like practicing it, like, you know, mm-hmm. creating an altar and just praying. Mm-hmm. And like, I, in that time, I, that was the, I had forgiven myself. I figured out a way mm-hmm. to, to forgive yeah. myself mm-hmm. because I realized that I didn't forgive myself when I did mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I was just like, I'm getting an abortion. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I had, it was really a journey that I took by myself to like forgive myself. And, yeah. um, I just started writing. I wasn't writing like a one person show. It was just like mm-hmm. writing, like journaling. It's, yeah. Right? That's like, like your therapy is cathartic. Yeah. Exactly. I just started journaling my feelings, you know, just journaling my feelings. And that really actually turned, put me on the journey of really like, you know, just self forgiveness. So that's, that was like year 30, 31 of my life. Mm-hmm. You know, that that time when it was like, we're not getting pregnant. And then my mom, shout out to the world's greatest mother. I love <laughs> her. Irina. She was like, Balika, you've been pregnant before. Yeah. And so she was the first person to kind of put that seed in my head. Like mm-hmm. you've been pregnant before. And I have a good girlfriend of mine who's a who's a, a doctor. And who's actually like an OBGYN. And she was mm-hmm. like, believe if you have abortions, we don't steal, we don't snatch your like reproductive system. <laughs> she was like, yeah. you know, abortion is clean your cervix, really. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. And she was like, you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Like your period comes on. Like, like so maybe, like, so maybe it's not you. And exactly. those thoughts are circulating. It's not yeah. you. Maybe it's not you. And you know, we're always, when, when you think of fertility, you never think of a man. You always exactly. think of a woman. Mm-hmm. So I had never even thought to think about Jason. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. That's like, I'm the one carrying the child. How could anything yeah. be wrong with a man? Yeah. So that took us on the journey of, let me figure out what's going on. So, you know, I approached Jason. And so Jason was like, well, you, you had the abortions. And I was like, mm. yeah, I mean, right there it is. It's the mm-hmm. woman. I was like, no, yeah. I know right. So I'm the type of woman. I'm very, I love my body. I love, yeah. I take care of myself. So I'm always like, I go, I go, I get my pap smear once a month. I mean, yeah. once, a month, once a year. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you really on top of things. You don't even <laughs> my child, they didn't scrape all your stuff. You know. <laughs> um, my doctor, you know what I'm saying? I remember the doctor and, you know, she posed the same thing. Maybe it's not you. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe it's not you. So that was like really like, okay, let's really figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. No insurance and chasing a dream. So after that, you had a conversation with him and you guys decide to, um, I guess, go to the doctor and talk more about it. At what point through that process did he find out the issue was actually with him? Now, that took some years because we didn't have we were we we're one of those typical artist couples, you yeah. know, no insurance. insurance. Mm-hmm. 
just following dreams, you know, yeah. which I did enjoy about our work. You know, I, I did enjoy that about our union, you know, mm-hmm. like, you following dreams. You know? <laughs> so I took it upon myself to get a job that would enable us to have insurance. Yeah. Um, and so that enabled us to get insurance. And with that Platinum Plus insurance, we were able to, you know, get tested, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, you've been through this, you yes. know, for a man, all he has to do is bust him mm-hmm. up. But for us, that's HSP test, honey. Yes, shoot and die. Die up in your damn yes. will take yeah. you out. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, I had never, I, swear, I thought I was having a baby on the damn table. Yeah. <laughs> the nurse was holding my hand. I was falling off. They was like, Mrs. Holt. I said, look, okay. <laughs> Y'all need to put me to sleep for this. This much. And I showed my ass. <laughs> okay. Yes. Black woman in pain. Come save me. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so that we found after all the testing came back, you know, and we we were patients at Shady Grove. We were in DC. Yes. Mm-hmm. And our doctor, she was like, How do you this is exactly what she said? How do y'all like to take information? And me and Jason was like, We we straight to don't be us around a bush, go straight to it. Yeah. That's exactly what she asked me. Said, go straight to it. And she says, Okay, Blika, you're fine. Jason, you have male factor infertility. <laughs> like, wow. Oh. And you know what? In my secret place, Sunhar, I you were like, yes, it's not me. Well, no, <laughs> not yes, it wasn't me. It was like, girl, I'm not that mean. <laughs> I'm not an evil woman. It was, I knew it. It was like, mm. I knew something. I yeah. knew it because of the fact that my period comes on um, my clockwork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clockwork. Yeah. I don't miss a cycle unless I'm pregnant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, what was his reaction? Was well, he, he was he... quiet. And it was a very be- it was very beautiful. He looked at me and said, okay. Whatever I need to do to get Blika pregnant, I will do. And it was very, you know, it was, he was very like, it was just very something regal about it, you know? And it was like, okay. And then we went on the journey and, you know, he had to take Clomid, right? You always mm-hmm. hear about women taking, women taking Clomid. Clomid. Yeah. But he had to take it because it was him, you know? And that put us on, you know, it was, it was, he kept on having to get tested, checking his sperm, checking his this, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a lot. Did you take your Clomid? So let's talk about that, the Clomid. <laughs> so what does Clomid do for men? Um, and how did that help you to birth your one-woman show? So what Clomid does for men, so for women, it creates, I believe, more eggs, right? Like it helps you ovulate, right? For men, it does the same thing. It creates more, it, whatever it does, it makes them create more sperm and more um, sperm that's actually like good sperm, right? Okay. Like the morphology more of the sperm. So by this time, we were, we had left DC. We were living in Macon, Georgia, because we were like, how, like my father owned Macon. 
Girl, when I tell you, it is a Gemini making. Yes. Yes, Soros and Har. We making Georgia. We had left D.C. because we ain't had no money. Let me keep it all the way 100. Yes. All these people in these streets, like, like yeah. don't get it twisted. The queen had it. The queen had to work for the queendom. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, and that's the hard part about being an artist and then trying to start a family, all the stuff that people don't typically understand. Absolutely, absolutely. And the, the the sacrifices, you know what I mean that you that you make, you know, for for something that you haven't even seen yet. Like yeah, faith, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's faith. Mm-hmm. We were living in Macon to save money. My my mm-hmm. dad owns property there and we were okay. living in a home that my dad owned just and to help us, you know, save for a child. Mm-hmm. So we were there and I mean it was nothing. There's nothing in the country. Yeah. You know, there's nothing there. You know, Atlanta yeah. is like two hours away. So I was traveling to Atlanta to network and meet artists, you yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Auditioning. But I wasn't booking, you know, and I was just kind of I was depressed. And yeah. so I was like, you know what? I had watched Girl Six, Spike Lee Girl Six. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Spike Lee. And it was girl watching that. It was like, I'm an actor because I'm an actor. (laughs) It just inspired me. I tell people to create work because you just don't know how it will inspire someone. Exactly. That movie was like, Belika, you're an actress because you're an actress and you're a storyteller because you're a storyteller. You don't need anyone to hire you to do that. Exactly. Create yourself. (laughs) Exactly. And so I started writing. I started writing about the process. Did did you say your clomid, which was the first name of the one woman show? I just started writing um, to heal myself. Jason didn't like talking about it a lot. You know what I mean? When he did want to talk, I would listen, but he didn't want to talk about it too much, you know? So I just, I was just writing the process and it was just, just writing our lives, the, 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 the chronic, you know, the chronicalization of it, right? Just writing to, 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 to heal or do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And to have like a community because there's no, at least for me, and I always talk about this, there was no one, and you're very vocal, you're a very, very outgoing person, but like there was no one that I specifically could talk to because I, no one was talking about it. So yeah. I just kind of kept it to myself. And I don't know if you ran into the same issue where you felt like you didn't necessarily have a community. So you turned to writing to kind of like let it out and have some thoughts, you know, process through your mind. Was that the case for you? Or did you feel like, okay, I can talk to someone about this or I do have outlets or people who understand what I'm going through? You know, for me, it was, yeah, I didn't have nobody to talk to. And I was like, you know what? I don't want any other person to feel this way. So let me create this show to like help people heal. <laughs> like, yeah. like that's the 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 standpoint I was coming from. It was just like I gotta create this. Like it was like burning inside of me to like because I was like, no one should feel this way. This is like yeah. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess in a way that was yeah because it was no one to talk to. Yeah, it was just like I don't want anyone to feel this way, and I'm 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 strong enough to deal with it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for using me as a vessel. Let's go. You know? So, yeah. But then the writing of it actually helped with meeting people because that's how I started, like, the Cade Foundation, learning about grants and all this kind of stuff. And I think that's how I 
I think I met you through the K Foundation. Yeah. I remember she said, do you know such and such? I'm like, no, I never met her before. And I was yeah. in LA at the time. I was like, but when I come back, hopefully, you know, I'll be able to, to meet her. And I forget exactly how we met <laughs> in I person. But... Interaction, yes. Through <laughs> K Foundation. So yeah. Yeah. And I know you have gone to other places with your show. You were in London doing your show out there. And then most recently here in Atlanta. And I was able, because it was my birthday that day. So we all to dinner. I was like, well, I got to log in to look at her and <laughs> watch her play. Because I know you did the in-person. And then, of course, you know, a week later they streamed it. So I was on my phone trying to watch some of it. So I caught like 30 minutes of it. And it was really, really good. Very honest I mean, I think that's so important, you know, when you are sharing your story, that there's so much honesty there and transparency that people were just like drawn to what you're saying. Wow. Um, and it was so transparent. So I'm going to talk about that. And I feel like the name of the, did the name of the place shift, like I said before, was did you take your clothing? And then now it's a different name. Is that correct uh, or no? That, the name shifted. So when I had applied for that program, we, I, I applied for it through Did You Take Your Clomid? Okay. And so then when I was, that was, so I applied to that program twice, the second time I got in. Okay. And so they were like, hey, no one knows what Clomid is, only in the fertility community. Like, no one knows what that is. Yes. Like, we don't even know what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Just read the, you know, your first 10 pages in life and was like, mm -hmm. this is great, you know? So think about changing the name for publicity. Like that mm -hmm. was actually like synchronicity, like, hey. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay. So I, yeah. I remember I was sitting out on my balcony, dancing with the moon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and fabulous. I was like, yes, dancing to the moon and mm -hmm. and Valika and all of my mm -hmm. movies. <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> turned up at three o'clock in the morning, dancing to the moon. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, I'm a motherfucking superstar. <laughs> where, my, where the fuck my baby's at? Like, and so I was like, oh, okay, that's, I was like, okay. And so I emailed, I was like, that's the name of the show and I'm sticking to it. And I emailed them and they were like, oh, okay. We, <laughs> like, we'll, we'll roll with it. <laughs> okay, that, we didn't think it would be that, but okay. <laughs> Pivot, recovery, and blossoming. Dot. Dot, dot. With the show, and we're going to get into the pivot. So with the show, because I remember I saw you posted something on Instagram and I was like confused. I was like, wait a second. I was like, wait, what's going on? And then I think I text you. And then after that, I was like, okay, we definitely need to do the podcast. So I was like, well, I'm not going to ask her about what's going on. I think I'm going to wait and see if she says something else. So let's talk about the pivot, the pivot with a capital P. So tell everyone as little as you want, as much as you want about where you are now and, and the pivot that took place, how you got to this pivot, because you included it in the show. And so, Absolutely. like I said, I was watching some of the show, what, two weeks ago? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, I was like, he did what? Like, what's going on? <laughs> so tell people about the pivot and how you recovered from that um, and how you were still moving forward with your journey and educating other women and still talking about fertility and the things that you went through. So we got 
we we ended up we found the money from grants and friends and had IVF. We started like July one, right? Like twenty nineteen, and the egg retrieval was July nineteen, twenty nineteen, the day after my birthday. It was a magical month. July is always magical. Yes, so it is. Right? <laughs> July is fabulous, right? You're 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 a July baby. We're July. July yes, I am. <laughs> okay, all day. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was exciting to be growing eggs and to be doing all of this, you know, and during that process, Sanhara, it was really interesting. Like he would call me, first of all, mm, girl, I'm giving the tea, maybe like yes. the the first week of like the needles, like Jason wasn't even, he, like, he wasn't even around. Like he was like on the road, which he didn't from in my mind, he didn't have to be on the road, but he chose to be on the road. And then. He was like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be a father. I don't want to be a parent. I don't want to be. And I was like, wait, what? Wow. Like, nigga, I'm wow. already shooting myself with hormones. <laughs> like, what? like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't understand what's going on. And so I contacted the nurse, and I was like, hey, you know, your nurse in IVF is your like, is yeah, your ace. exactly. Your nurse yes. is more, the, more than the doctor. It's your nurse. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, nurse got to mm-hmm. be on point. Yeah. So I called my nurse and I told her what was going on. And she was like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Do you just want to freeze your eggs or do you want to do the embryo? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. I was like, oh, okay. This, thank you. This is why you talk to people to figure out different options. And she was like, you know, she was, but she was like, but however, just freezing your eggs. So supposedly, apparently just freezing my eggs would have been more. It was something, it was like, what? It was just interesting. I'm like, girl, we don't got no money. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was like, let me talk to him. Let me talk to him. Maybe he just scared, right? Like, and so we didn't talk for like two days. Wow. This is is my husband. Like we didn't talk for like two days. But he was talking to my best friend. And I was like, why do I have to get messages relayed from my best friend about my house? Like, what is going you, on? Yeah. And, he, you know, like, apparently he was just scared about it. So he, then he writes me this long email, you know, saying how he's actually feeling, you know, just being scared. Is it going to take him away from music? And I'm just like, okay, you do know I'm 36, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like what, you know, what's like, going on right now? <laughs> Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Like, we've been on this journey since I've been, like, 30. Like, you, yeah. like, what are we talking about? Like, you can't hit me with the okie doke like this while I'm shooting myself up with needles. Exactly. So, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, whatever. He, he, we get over it. And I'm like, okay, cold feet. But in the back of my mind, and this is why I tell people to listen to your instincts. And when I hit you, when I hit you with this pivot, this shit is real. Yeah. To, to, to pay attention to your instincts because your instincts will never, ever lead you okay. wrong. It is mm-hmm. how God speaks to you. We just mm-hmm. choose not to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And where I am in my life, I will never, ever, ever, ever not pay attention to my instincts because my instincts yeah. never lead me wrong. Aww. And so we went, to, he came home and was helping me through it with the needles and the waking up, you know, all the different stuff that you got to do. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so then we have the egg retrieval. We do it. And you know, girl, like they ended up getting like 20 eggs. I was like, of course yeah. did. I'm fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even, of course. Like you sure ain't no more in there? Like, y'all, y'all ain't this time? You know, my stomach was big as hell. All them damn eggs. Like, okay. 
And so then, you know, you know, they, they and we ended up only getting five embryos. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that okay. And then from those five embryos, we only end up getting one that survived. Yeah. yeah. But that was because of the male factor infertility, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fine. Lucky number one. And girl, a lot of you not. That was all July. We started arguing. We were arguing through IVF, arguing right after that. They did. They were supposed to. You know how it is. The, you know the the. They were. Can we put? Can we? Can we trans? Can we put the embryo in you? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But because my body is so fabulous, my body is like, um, we starting our period now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so the doctors was like, we got to wait to the next cycle. Yeah. Right. That's what happened to me. Right. Because yeah. your body is so fabulous. <laughs> so your body's going to do, science can do what science wants to do, but when yeah. your, your body's going to do what your body wants to do. Wants to do. Yeah. So they were like, August will implant. Child, please. By the end of August, honey, me and Jason and I was on, it was on some, I don't want you no more separation. We out. By September, he leaves the country. He left. He moved to Australia. And that was that. Wow. And we had this embryo and I was like, he, I was left in it. And and, and by this time we were living in Covington, we were getting closer to the city. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? I have a, I have, what the, I was like, what the fuck just happened? And it was yeah. like, wow, Valika, you knew this. Shame on you. But so what did you do? Did you guys have a conversation about the embryo? Because I know even like for us, you know, you have to pay every year for the storage fee. The first to... year of storage was free. Whatever okay. type of plan we had gotten, the first year of storage was free. After that, it's $50 a month to keep it okay. open. So that wasn't much of an issue like that because it was like, okay, you left, but it's still being stored. And so I would be having conversations with him like, well, what about like like we just co-parent, right? Like, and he said, no, if I'm not, if we're not going to be married, I don't want to co-parent with you. I don't want children with you. I don't want nothing with you. Wow. And I was like, God damn, yeah. like, I this fucked, you know, you, you, I'm not this fucked up. God damn, yeah. nigga, damn, you don't want me yeah. and the baby. You don't even yeah. want me as a, like, you don't even think I'd be a good mother. You yeah. know, like everything on ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and praise God for therapy because I was already mm-hmm. in therapy before he left, you yeah. know? So yeah, that process, Sanhara, I mean, I... Cause that's a lot. That's a lot emotionally to go through some roller coaster. It was, to finally to finally get there to the point of okay, we're doing this. We figured out what the issue is. That was a journey. Okay, now we're doing this. I'm taking the hormones. It's another journey because that's toll on your body, and you know it starts wearing how you feel, all that stuff. Yeah. To get to that point, almost at the point of transferring the embryo, and it's like breaks. Don't know what's going on. He's leaving. And so do you guys still communicate? Do you guys talk about we were communicating. the embryo or I mean, anything? I, we were, there, it was a hard no. He didn't want to have children with me. But we were communicating because we were still married, right? There was mm-hmm. like, his his grandmother was like, where is Jason? There was so, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. we were married for 10 years, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, I mean, it's we we, we 10 years deep. Family, so yeah. Where he at? What's going on? What's going on mm-hmm. with y'all? Like, and then a lot of you not, Sahara, two weeks after he left, his mom died. 
Wow. Out the blue. Wow. So mm. I got that phone call and had to call him. And I, that was the worst phone call of my life. And I, you know, to this day, I just send him so much beautiful love, you know, with that. So then we had to deal with that, right? So, of course, mm-hmm. he flies back, you know, to, to D.C. And we're dealing with the death of his mother. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will, because, you know, we still got the embryo, still frozen, yeah. right? Maybe mm-hmm. he just needed this moment and yeah. that. No. That pushed him away even further, his mother's passing. So, yeah, it was just like, I mean, he, when I tell you it was, you know how you hear these stories where it's like couples break up, but then like the husband is like, no, I want you back. No, I want you. Like, no, there was no back and forth with us. There was no nothing. There was no, Belika, I miss you, chivalry. There was no like, sweep in romantic it was like i don't want you and i think that was really no i don't think i know for a fact that was difficult for me to be with yeah, a that's man crushing. yeah that was like you're not even worth fighting for that was hard for me because I was like, what husband just leaves and doesn't even yeah. try to come like, oh my God. <laughs> like, Especially after all those years, you know, it's not like a six month marriage where you don't know him, you don't know you, but after 10 years, it's like, you know, you couldn't even give me that to chase after me, you know? You didn't even chase after so, yeah, me. There is- was... He didn't value me, girl. When I tell you it was all of these, like, I kept on having these moments of, oh, yeah, had I been in therapy at this age in my life, had I been emotionally mature at this point, I would have seen these signs, right? They were all there. So that first year was truly all about, like, self-discovery and self-love. Like, I literally... Like that, so that scene in my one woman show when it's like the I don't know if you saw in the the red background and I'm just on the floor like crying like that was a that yeah, was the parts when you were talking about him and you said that this nigga left and I was like wait what yeah and I was like wait what's going on um, yeah I remember even when you were going through the egg retrieval and stuff I was texting you and then at one point. Like, I know you got really quiet and I was like, well, I don't want to act because I know for me, when people start asking me a bunch of questions, I'm like, okay, chill. Um, So I didn't want to ask any questions. I was like, okay, well, if I run into her, if I see her, you know, I'll ask how's it going or how did the transfer go? So, you know, I didn't want to ask any questions. But yeah, that is a lot, a lot to go through. So did you guys have to make a final decision about the embryo? Or we you did, just we had- destroyed it. You did. We did destroy it. Wow. Girl. (laughs) Okay. So how did you get through that emotionally? I built an altar for my baby. I prayed for my baby. I thanked my baby for, you know, creating the woman that I am today. I would not be this woman if it wasn't for my baby. (laughs) 
Um, I'm okay. It's just, you know, don't make me cry. It was just such a, I'm just so grateful for my baby because like my beautiful baby, like showed me how incredible I am, you know, and I was able to get through all of this from this beautiful spirit, baby, you know what I mean? Who I knew, like in my spirit, like, you know, I would talk to this child, like me and this this baby would be in my dreams. I knew it was a son, you know, like my baby was, my baby was fabulous. And so, you know, I, I just took the time to like, just really pay reverence to my child. And, you know, when it was time for the paperwork to be signed, you know, it was like, I, I chose to move on, you know, because I, Sanhara, I was just like, I can't, I, I, I need to move on. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a wonderful woman mm-hmm. and I am capable of having children. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can mm-hmm. lay down with a man, make love to my man and have a baby. And I'm grateful yeah. for that, you know, and I will, you know, have children and I, yeah. you know, and I will, you know, I'll get married again. And so if that decision like was like, okay. Vlika, move on with your life. Like you cannot yeah. stay stuck here. Yeah. And so that's what that was for me. I don't know what Jason did to, to to prepare himself for that. I can only tell you what I did. And so I signed the paper, you know, he signed the paper and we submitted it to Shady Grove and they destroyed baby Basil. And there you go. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like really, really heartbreaking. And I know that it cannot have been an easy decision to even go decide to do that, especially when it was one. This was like, you know, the opportunity. Because I remember you mentioned it, that you had the one embryo. And he was like, this better work. <laughs> and, you were, and you were asking me questions about like the process and stuff. So, wow. Wow. That's a lot. And I'm sure that everything that you went through is going to help a lot of people, even the strength to move on. And I know that there are people who are going to be listening to this who are either in the same situation or in a situation where, you know, it's feeling kind of rocky and they just need to listen to their gut when it comes down to, you know, with having a family with someone. Yes. Yes. Because I think sometimes people don't really listen to what the other person is saying you know, even yeah. when it comes down to, you know, some people get into a relationship and they never talk to the person about, hey, do you want to have kids? Do you not want to have kids? Like those conversations don't come up. And then you find yourself in these sticky situations where you're fighting for something. Another person doesn't really want it, you know, yeah. and I hear those stories over and over and over again. And that's just like, uh, you know, what do you do as a woman, you know, when you have this desire to mother? You know, you just stay in a situation. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I just so much praise to you for the strength to move on. And so I want to talk about that. We're going to pivot again to blossoming after divorce. Let's talk about that a little bit and how you got to that place. Honey, self-love is the best love. What did Whitney Houston say? The greatest love of all is yourself and the journey this journey i'm two years now divorced wow Um, i know right two years and i'm just like my desire to 
not die with any like like fabulosity inside of me is <laughs> like what keeps me like you are in fucking incredible boo yeah. like you are a magical woman <laughs> and i know that from inside the depths of my soul so. <laughs> and no one knows how great i am only me and it is yeah. my job to put whatever i need to put out into this world you know what i'm saying to sprinkle my valika magic and mm -hmm. i don't have to have permission from anyone Anybody. to sprinkle my valika magic i sprinkle my magic mm -hmm. because i woke up and i have breath in my body and here I'm helping you. Here's a sprinkle. Here you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. So, yes, blossoming after motherfucking divorce. Like, <laughs> my, here, my mother, that's what I said. My mother is the best mother <laughs> in the world. My mother was like, Balika, do you want, like, this was at year one, after I had reached the year one mark without Jay, right? And my mother was like, Belika, within a year, like your credit score has gone up. My when they, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, hey, let me tell you something. When I tell you, I'll be dropping the tea. This is why I be oh dropping my, it. my credit. credit when Jason left, my credit was five ninety. Okay, in a year, I credit built score. like my credit was like my credit raised to like seven hundred. Yes, new beginnings. In a year, <laughs> and my mother was like, Belika, like I bought a fabulous convertible, like my. Oh my gosh, I can see you in a convertible. <laughs> oh, honey, that's the only car that I will ever drive. I have a Mustang convertible. Like, forever. Yes. 2014, she's white. Her name is Cutie, and she's fabulous. Mm. Like me. You know what I'm saying? Like, me and Cutie be tearing the town up, honey. <laughs> The men love me and cutie. Let me tell you, many a fabulous night. Thank you. It is, you know what I'm saying? Like the love that I have, like the self love that I have for myself, like enables me to not like, I know what love feels like. So when yeah. I meet someone that's not like beautiful in love, I'd be like, nope, get the fuck this away. Is not right. Yeah, exactly. Ain't it. Don't have the time. I don't have or the, the time. energy to waste. To wait on nobody. On anyone. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be business, whether it be romantic, whether it be platonic, whatever. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Um so yeah, my mom was like, Belika, you should start like writing or doing videos, like teaching women how to blossom out the divorce. I think you would have something to teach the world because it's something yes. my, my mother is like my biggest fan. Right? Does she live here? Or my mom lives she... in DC. Okay. My mother lives in DC. And I okay. was like, okay, like whenever my mom tells me to do something, I do it. Mm -hmm. I'd be like, all right, you be knowing. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so I started doing these videos and girl, women would be dropping into my DMs because that, first of all, that is how I announced my divorce. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I don't even yeah. know how I missed the whole thing. Yeah. It was just like, what, a month or so ago, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I was like, okay, maybe I'm reading it wrong. Yeah. And that's when I was like, then when your show came out, I was like, huh? Wait, <laughs> what? I was like, okay, we definitely got to do this podcast, like, right now. <laughs> Let me tell you, and that's why we're here, because we have yes. stuff to do. But yeah, like, that's how I I, I, I I announced my divorce. I announced my fabulosity back into the world. And when I mean mm. fabulosity back into the world, that means on the dating circuit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I announced my queen is back on the market. 
through a I had a blossoming after divorce. Oh, <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It was a three-day conference. It was a virtual conference. And that is how I announced it. And my DMs went insane. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, that was that was that. And you know, we're taught that divorce is like the worst thing that can ever happen to you. It's a, yeah. it is a death. It is hard yeah. because it's like you're used to, you know, being in time and space with somebody, somebody yeah. going with someone. But it's not the end. Like yeah. when I literally realized that it wasn't, I was like, girl, I'm like, I'm like when I tell you say I'm okay, like, yeah, like you survived. You're I strong. survived and my life is so much better. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My life is so much better. And I truly understand like my desires. I know how to stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. I know how to say what I want. I know how to get what I want. You know, like, and it was it's just been a beautiful experience, you know, getting married so young. I mean, I was 26, 27. I don't remember. I was so young. Like I had, I had just started dating, Yeah. you know, and dating is a really, is a, you have to date. Yeah. You you got to ask questions. You have to ask questions. (laughs) You have to, and I'm a, I'm a woman that loves men, right? So, you know, you have to understand men and the, the patterns and, that's an important stage that I missed out on. Yeah. Tips and where to find me. Do you have any tips, any tips for men and women that, you know, maybe in your situation or maybe not even in your situation, just any overall tips and then tell people where they can find you and all the fabulous shows and projects you have going on. Tips in regards to a fertility Just process. everything. Fertility process, blossoming, after divorce, any of that stuff. Anything you want to leave the people with that you feel like could help them on their journey. So I was in a, you know, my, my, my husband was the one with male factors. So, you know, if you're a woman, you know, in a relationship with a man that has male factor infertility, you know, being just a beautiful vessel of kindness, you know, is just like, it's so important just to be so gracious, you know what I mean? And loving, you know, to your man during that time because, because of the fact that Although here's the thing, there are all, there are there actually are a lot of men that have male factor infertility. Yeah. We just talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a lot in numbers. However, it's not talked about, so they feel like it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a hard thing for them to hear. You know what I mean? Um. So being just a beautiful companion, you know, with them is so important. You know, I know for my ex husband. I thought that it would have been great for him to be in support groups with men. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, especially men who are, you know, very similar to who you are. You know, Jason grew up, you know, DC, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a certain type of dude. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, being around men who are similar upbringing with you, you know, like dealing with that Mm -hmm. could be very helpful. Yeah. Blossoming after divorce, self love. I cannot say that 
any in another way. Self love, focus on yourself and put pouring into yourself. Every area of your life should feel like an orgasm. Okay. Like That's every nice area. Of your life. What'd you say? What'd you say? Yeah, I said that's nicely put. <laughs> I'm good ass. Like, awesome. Every area of my life is orgasmic and it is by choice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's, you know, people try to jump right back into relationships and you have to heal. Heal, yeah. You have to heal and the healing truly comes from self-love. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm two years, I'm two years divorced and I'm mm-hmm. having a beautiful time dating. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I have like a clear mind and I'm peaceful. You and your Mustang. Me and my Mustang. In the city. Yeah, in the city and I'm, and I'm a peaceful woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a peaceful woman and I attract peaceful kings. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, self-love. You got to do it. You got to heal and do the self-love. You got to be honest with yourself. And you just got to know that everything you want that you can have. Yeah. Like everything. No limitation. No limitation. Do not limit yourself. Like there are no limits. I'm fabulous. Yes. <laughs> so are you. <laughs> and, and how can people find your fabulous self? What's your Instagram? Tell them about your show. I think you have a show coming out. Or is it out already? It's out already. So my Instagram is Valika Jessica, V-A-L-E-K-A-J-E-S-S-I-C-A. And I have like on that page, you can find my, my, my Instagram handles for my one woman show. I'm a motherfucking superstar. Mm-hmm. My production company, the V Network, all the handles are on my Belika, at Belika Jessica page to find that information. My website, BelikaJessica.com, gives you updates about my one woman show and things. Yeah, where can they watch it? So we are, we did film it. We filmed it and we're right, we're in post right now for like a promotional video because what we're doing is we're applying for more projects. Yeah. But we also want to film it again. So we're doing an Indiegogo campaign. Okay. So yes, all that is like at the table right now, like figuring out all of that. Um, I think people would love to see it. And, oh, yes, they will. Yeah, I know they will. <laughs> I know that I am walking in my purpose. And yes, absolutely. Is, right? This is all great. You know what I mean? Uh, we're talking about, like, uh, having a tour. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, pouring it. So, you know, it's just a way this is, you know, because it was such a, it was such a success, like it, in, yeah. in Atlanta, it was so great. And it's just the, yeah. the, the people keep pouring and pouring and pouring and we want more, we want more, we want more. So, you know, we're at the table now figuring out how to give you all more. <laughs> exactly. Right. And how to make it work during. And how to make COVID. it work. Right. How to make it work. I do yeah. have a movie out, a play that was filmed, Detroit 67. Mm-hmm. Um, by the fabulous, fabulous Dominique Marisu. Yes, and I want to get her on here as well. You got to get Dominique mm-hmm. on yes. here. She's going to drop mm-hmm. all of the jewels, okay? Yes, <laughs> yes. Like her story is um, powerful too, so yeah. Powerful woman, powerful mm-hmm. woman, because I know her and her husband adopted. Yeah, after mm-hmm. many years. And the funny thing was, one of my, um, when I went to grad school, my, one of my classmates hit me up a few months ago when Dominique had posted it. 
she was like, hey, you need to get her on your podcast. Yeah. You know, she just adopted a baby. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I went to a play of hers a couple of years ago and there was a line, I kid you not, me and my husband sitting next to each other. There was a line that one of the characters said about like feeling empty inside. Mm. And I whipped my head around. I looked at my husband. He looked at me. He's like, that sounds like something you would say. And I was like, I wonder if she has fertility issues. Like, and I was whispering during the play. Mm. And from that moment on, this is like five years ago. From that moment on, I was like, You're talking about paradise blue. Yes. Yes. I already know. Yes. Paradise they did that True Colors Theater, and I'm just like... That Paradise Blue, and you're talking about the character Silver. I can't... Yes, yes, it's yes. So far, when I tell you I study Dominique Marusu's work, I study... I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes! Yes, and when she said that line, the character said that line, I whipped my head around to my husband, I was like... I wonder if she's having fertility issues. Like, I'm <laughs> whispering during the play. And from that moment on, like, I was thinking, and I was like, okay, I'll see if she'll post something or say anything. And literally, fast forward five years later, yeah. she posted about yeah. adopting a baby, you know, the trouble she had went through. But I'm telling yeah. you, it was like that instinct. I was like, I wonder if she's having trouble yeah. having a baby. But yeah, it always comes out somehow, some way through our writing, yeah. especially when you're artists. Even when you're concealing it, it still comes out some way, somehow. Oh, um, yes. yeah. So you're going to be in her play. You guys um, filmed it already. And we filmed it already. It's on. It's out on Marquee TV. It's in, I, I, it's out. It, it's out. We, mm-hmm. oh, we, it came out August 2nd. And I think it's running until September 16th. Okay. Um, Marquee TV, you know, it's a streaming like like, mm-hmm. Netflix, like Hulu, right? It's a streaming, yeah. it's a streaming app for for theatrical pieces in regards to the state. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, everything from you know, if you want to see an orchestra, do you want to see you know the you know dance theater of Harlem? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Alvin Ailey. You want to see some work over, you know, yeah, <laughs> in, in 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 South Africa, you know, doing theater. It's just theater. It's just theater all over the world. Yeah. So it's so like you are you are moving and you are shaking and you are being fabulous out here in Atlanta and beyond. And I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of everything that you're doing. And most of all, you're a survivor. You are a survivor. Um, and I think so many women are going to be encouraged by you and by your story. I'm Sanhara Eastman, and thank you for listening to the Black Girl's Guide to Fertility podcast. You can stay connected with this movement on my website, Facebook, and on Instagram. And if you haven't already, please join my mailing list at blackgirlsguidetofertility.com and on sanharaeastman.com. And please be sure to check out the first two episodes of my web series that's currently on YouTube, along with my latest project, Taboo, A Fruitless Love. Mm-hmm.